And so what is your role now um, at Armbray? I guess first and foremost at Armbray, I'm a parent and I love being a parent there. But as I started to get more involved with the school and uh, some things have been going on in the world over the last few years, including George Floyd and a number of things like that. And we started to realize that representation um, was really, really important. In this episode, we had an inspiring conversation with Savior Joseph about his role as chair of the basketball program. Savior is a connector in our community, a dedicated parent advocate, and the Osprey's number one fan. We chatted about the journey we have been on in creating a strong basketball program. Savior shared his passion for Armbre, his vision for the future, and his ideas for leaving a lasting legacy. I am Megan Jackson, and this is the Armbre Academy Podcast. You are creative, you're a CEO, you're a community connector, and you're a father. So how did you end up on Armbray's doorsteps? Great question, Megan. Um, so I guess my son was attending public school. Uh, and he was in French immersion and, um, and it was close to where we lived. So it all kind of made a lot of sense. I was traveling a lot for work at the time. Uh, I was lucky enough to be an executive in a big public company. Um, as I was able to exit uh, that role and come back home and, and have more time with my family, um, I started to realize more and more that our child was not being challenged as much as we would like within that system. And my dad was a public school teacher. I grew up in a public school. We're big believers in those people and all the work that those teachers and administrators do to make great environments for kids. But the reality of the system was so much so that there were so many kids in the class. And then if a couple of kids had some learning issues or challenges, then we felt like our son wasn't getting enough individual attention and driving, I'd say, performance. And we felt very privileged um, from our upbringing that we wanted our son to have some of those similar values of achievement achievement and work ethic and drive and lots of homework and all of those kind of good things that help build character, I think, in people. And so we started the process of um, looking at a variety of independent uh, or private schools within the Halifax area. We toured a number of them. And I think what connected us to Armbre more than anything else, I think, was authenticity and community. Um, I think deeply about we are not elite people. Um, my wife and I, I think we've been lucky enough to maybe get a few breaks in business or in life but we don't see ourselves as elitist. Um, my dad would joke all the time that, you know, Bill Gates eats eggs in the morning. Um, and so we're all people at the end of the day. And I think, again, what we felt that was really different at Armbrayer, like very clearly differentiated was this idea of high performance, care for individual kids who are at the school, but with no idea of elitism or trying to make people feel like they're more than other people because they may have more resources or they may have grown up with more privilege. And I think that was a really important thing for my wife and I as we we chose Armbray. So I think I think those are some of the reasons, um, you know, behind that choice. And I think we uh, we are grateful for that decision every single day. And so what is your role now um, at Armbray? I guess first and foremost at Armbray, I'm a parent and I love being a parent there. But as I started to get more involved with the school and uh, some things have been going on in the world over the last few years, including George Floyd and a number of things like that. And we started to realize that representation um, re was really, really important in those environments. And of all the schools we went to, quite honestly, Armbray did have the most representation and we really, that was another reason that we chose it. But we always felt there was an opportunity to um, provide this type of education and this type of community environment and this type of care for kids to kids from all different backgrounds and from all different communities. 
we wanted to use basketball, I would say, as the vehicle to bring kids from all of these different communities together into the school, to have them work in a high performance environment from a young age, to have them be challenged uh, academically, obviously, as well, too. And then to use it as a way to bring the school together, to rally around all of these amazing kids and to create school spirit as, as part of that. And so today I'm, yeah, I'm very blessed, I'd say, to be the, the chair of the basketball program and deeply involved in uh, everything from fundraising to um, to working with families as they as they enter the school. Like a, a liaison of, of some sorts. And I think it's interesting because when Mr. Clark started three years ago, uh, he came to a school where we weren't necessarily excelling in one specific area. And so how it kind of came about, uh, from my understanding, is, okay, what do we have? We have a gym. What do we have? We have athletes who are engaged, who are capable, who are willing to learn, and they're coachable kids. What can we do with that? We were using the resources that we have on campus to kind of create this amazing basketball program and then enter yourself, who is that community liaison, the chair of the basketball program now to help make all like connect all of these things and to make it actually happen. So we've been working hard for what, three years trying yeah, to get this up and running. Three years, yeah. So um, how would you say, how did we get to where we are today? There's been so much that has happened. So can you kind of talk through? Well, I think it, it, it does. It starts with the leadership of the school at a board level uh, with Mr. Clark as the headmaster and his belief in this. I think there's a deep belief that we all have that sports enhance academics. And so I think maybe decades ago, people looked at this as like a hindrance to academic record and success. But I think more and more research is proving out that those people that are physically active, that are involved in high performance team sport are also very strong academically. And we have absolutely seen that with the kids who are part of the program. And that's probably the thing that I'm most proud of. You know, I think the dream for me is when they all graduate, that they have both academic and athletic scholarships to the institution of their choice. And I think you and I would both know that that um, life changing for those families, but also uh, it changes generations for kids who don't have that opportunity to now be able to generate scholarships and opportunities at the right academic institutions as they go on to their post-secondary and create great careers. Their children and their children's children and, and for generations will be impacted by the support that Armbray has provided all of these families and all of these kids. So I'm deeply proud. Um, I think it happened a lot faster than I expected it to, <laughs> quite honestly. Three like, years is a bit, it's a quick turnaround. It is. Well, and I think uh, I often have a saying, we, we overestimate what we can do in one year and underestimate what we can do in 10. Um, and so a bit of my vision was like, in five or 10 years, this is where I would have liked the program to be. But I think again, um, because of Mr. Clark and his energy and the people around the program, the families we brought in, the amazing coaches we have, Miss B is our athletic director, people like you and Suzanne uh, in admissions and enrollment and advancement. Uh, like there's just been so much support behind these kids and behind what they're doing. And I think we did a good job as the families engage with us of making sure we had students that fit the Armbray model, work hard, be kind care about other people, value other skills, um, you know, all of those things. And so I think, um, quite frankly, I think the school and the communities fall in love with a number of these students and are so excited to support them on their journey. Yeah. And I think we always say we're, we're trying to create engaged citizens critical thinkers and lifelong learners. So I think echoing what you just said, it's like, that's that's the ideal Armbray student. And so the students that have, we've been lucky enough to have at the school up until this point have exhibited all of those characteristics and are truly the definition of what we want to come out of an Armbray graduate. So you've been a huge role in creating that. And I think a lot of the work that you've helped us with um, in the community and developing relationships, you mentioned Augie Jones earlier. I think it's really, you in the community and kind of bringing the special sauce, which is Armbray, to the community, letting everyone 
everybody know where we are, the direction that we're going, um, the leadership and the dedication behind the scenes. I think there's huge power behind that. You're helping us become the best version of ourselves. That said, we're really focused on providing the Armory experience to students that might not be able to afford it otherwise um, through our financial aid and um, tuition assistance program. Why is that so important? Why, why is the fact that we, we have um, this program available to students so important? Well, I think, I think it's critical, um, you know, for a number of factors. One is, I think, you know, as we look at the world and, and now it's a global village and I think interstellar here at some point in time with other planets and whatever else going on. I think one of the challenges that we've always had with humanity is people actually being able to get along who may be different or come from different places or have slightly different views. And I've always had a personal view that by putting, I would say, kids together at a young age around common goals and connecting them with the right leadership and coaching and all of those things creates um, an environment of lifelong friendships. And I would even almost argue family. I, I think to some degree when you when you bleed and cry with people and you battle with people for, for common goals, I think you, you, you start to become family, whether it's blood or not. And I think a bit of my dream or vision was that later in life, when things go happen in the world that may not be fair to certain people, that there are others who understand that. And there's, and you know, we have friends in those communities and in those places. And so we don't just, I'd say, turn a blind eye and just move on and say, well, it doesn't really impact us when you have friends from those places and who these issues are impacting directly and in a big, big way, your level of care and concern around those issues grow dramatically. And so it, it allows you to become, a, I'd say, a better citizen, as, as you described earlier, Megan, that we want all our students to be active and engaged. And so I think by connecting them to people from different backgrounds and different places, it allows them to more deeply understand those places and, and where those people come from and now allow them to be advocates and allies um, in really difficult situations that inevitably will, will happen happen in the world. And so I think there's a, a view for me around why it's so important to connect them together at that at those ages. And then the financial component of it, the, the raising the money, the commitment from Armbray to be able to support families who may not have as much. And again, this is families outside of the sport program as well, too. There's all kinds of kids at the school who, who are able to get support and families who need support. And I think that deeply enriches the learning environment for all kids at the school. It, it gives um, another level of purpose, I would say, to teachers and administrators and what they're trying to do and who they're trying to help. So I think having kids from all backgrounds and all places um, is a representation of the world today that we're trying to put kids into. And so getting that experience early allows them, I think, later in life to be successful as well, too. And so the financial aid and, and the tuition assistance programs and all of the efforts to raise money and from corporate sponsors to friends of the program and everybody else goes directly towards helping make that that vision happen. And what do you say to someone who who would say, why would I give to an independent school? It's a great question. I think um, maybe the old way of looking at it was that, you know, these are elite places with people who are very well-to-do and very privileged. But I think what Armbray's uh, been able to do is, is again, to attract kids from the community broadly in a variety of different places. And some of them are coming from privileged environments and privileged families and with parents who are highly educated and have done very well. And, and others are in different situations. And so I think it's been so powerful to watch all of these kids come together and to be close to each other and to watch them uh, achieve success academically. Like I'm a big um, nurture over nature person and I've coached for a long time. And when I see kids getting opportunity and exposure to things, there's no stopping them. And I think what, what Armbray is able to provide all of its students is exposure and access to information that you wouldn't get in other situations. And when kids get access to that, they take advantage of it. And now it just spurs them forward as they go. So I think the environment that Armbray has been able to create where everybody belongs, where everybody works hard and is kind, where it is a family, uh, I, I 
I, I really do see it that way. It does. It's, it creates an environment for all of our students um, to be successful later in life. And so I think that that to me is a, an amazing, amazing thing to watch. It's funny. So I joined the grade 11s and grade 12s on, or actually it was the grade 10s and 11s on a school trip to Ontario where there were eyes were open to numerous universities. They were going to see small schools, big schools, schools that they never thought that they would ever attend. And as soon as they got on campus of specific schools, they were like, holy smokes, I really could see myself here. This is amazing. Or they went to a larger school where they're like, this is not my vibe at all. But they had no idea what What's even out there? What's even out there until they actually get there. And it was amazing to see their brains kind of shift as the trip went on, as they were being exposed to all these different universities and what they had to offer and what questions to ask. Yeah, it's it was providing those opportunities for all those students. It was it was incredible. Well, just watching and, you know, our program's really only been active for two years, seeing the growth in the kids because of the teachers and the environment and the people that they're around. And from two years ago to where some of these kids were. And again, they're amazing kids then. But when I look at the maturity, and as they look at their life going forward, and I, and I think about the responsibility that they know that they carry as role models for other kids within the school and in the community as well, too, it is, it's amazingly powerful. We often would give the example like you did of, you know, if you, if you take a kid to an NBA game and they walk into an arena and they see 30,000 people and they see the environment and all, how do you even know what you can dream unless you see some of those things? So I think the exposure to things like robotics or the amazing shake or like any of those things that Armory has that are just so amazing are things that I think the kids would normally not get access to. And so just by having access to those things and being around other kids who love those things, it will lead a variety of our students down different paths that's going to be in their best interest and what they want to do later in life. And I think without that exposure, they would make other, I'd say more traditional decisions that maybe not what they were meant to do, but really the only kind of choices that they were given because of the environment they were in. I'm just going back to what you previously said about championship and Jenny Edwards was just in here and she um, spoke to me a little bit about her champion and and kind of why um, she has decided to jump on board and talk a little bit about and get behind a faculty and staff scholarship and bursary fund. And so I just wanted to play you a little clip of her story um, and who her champion was, because I know that you're a champion in a lot of um, our students' lives. It'd be great. Educator Rita Pearson once said, Every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connections and insists they become the best they can possibly be. On Friday, February 4th, 2022, I lost my greatest champion. And over the last year, I have searched for a way to honor the memory of a loving, devoted grandfather who was also my greatest teacher. As a child, a champion is someone who shows up and takes interest in who you are, offering their support through the power of presence. My papaw took delight in being a part of raising me, my siblings, cousins, and the newest generation in our family. Whether reading to us, telling one of his many life stories, making sure we had tickets to the University of Tennessee football and basketball games, or taking interest in our educational pursuits, Papaw was one of our greatest champions. He never gave up on us. I now recognize so much of who I am as an educator is because of the influence my grandfather had on my life. In 1962, he was asked to join the administration of the University of Tennessee to help launch their development program. They wanted him because they knew he was all about making connections by building relationships with others. Over his decades at the university, he connected with donors while raising funds and securing gifts that would help support students and academic programs. He understood the value of investing resources to support education. Last summer, I traveled home for the first time since COVID and his death. As I walked around campus, 
that day, I recognized how so much of the school has changed and how my grandfather's 34 years of service was instrumental in where the university is today. So many buildings and programs and scholarships came about through his dedicated work. We as a faculty and staff invest countless hours into our students' lives, but we also have the opportunity to invest in this scholarship bursary fund to help provide significant educational opportunities for students. This year, I have donated to the faculty and staff scholarship fund in honor of my grandfather, Charlie Brinkbill. I can't think of a better way to honor his legacy than by investing in the students at Ombre Academy. That was beautiful. Isn't that a nice story? Oh, it's a beautiful story. And yeah. Jenny's an amazing teacher. She is, yeah. So she shared that with um, the faculty and staff earlier this week. And I think it just put into perspective, everybody's got a reason why. Why we are educators, why we're in this field, um, why one would choose to support Armbre financially. So maybe I'll go back to the question. Um, what do you say to folks who um, who would say, why would I give to an independent school? Go, stealing a little bit from Jenny, I guess, as I think about it more and more, the opportunities that we're able to create for these kids is life-changing and, and changes generations of, of families. And I think Jenny's felt that directly from from her story and, and from her grandfather and those pieces. And I think that is very true of Armbre. So when I think about why we give and why that's so important, and I think about why my why of being involved with these kids and the program and the administration and people like yourself, it really is to create opportunities for kids uh, to be able to achieve their dreams. And I think gone are the days where it's like dream small. You know, it's it's a to me, it's like dream big and you can do anything that you want to do if you're willing to put the work in and you have a, a village behind you supporting you through that process. And so when I when I think about the girls and boys in our program, all of the students at Armbre, they absolutely have all of that opportunity and they have the village behind them to support. It's a question now of um, how serious do they take the responsibility? How bad do they want it? Are they willing to put the work in and show the right attitude through that whole piece? And so a bit of what I do is make sure we hold them accountable to those things because I, I really do believe if you show the right attitude and you put the effort in, the results come from that when you're in the right environments. And so I think a great reason to give is to create opportunities for kids that they otherwise wouldn't have, exposure to things that they otherwise wouldn't have, and giving them the ability to change the world for the better. Um, because I really do believe when I look at all of these kids and when I dream about years from now, when I'm maybe a lot older and grayer and looking at what they're doing, it really will. They will make the world a much better place for the next generations to come. And they will be leaders uh, in, in our country and in countries all over the world. I have no doubt about that. And so that to me gives purpose, I guess, to some degree. And so it makes me feel like we're not just in a, a transactional life, that there's, there's bigger things that even when we're gone, we can feel that there'll be generational impact and feeling really, really good about that, I guess is what I would say. So for me, when I wake up and I think about Armbray and I think about uh, the work that we're doing, the kids that we're helping, the families that are involved, um, it's immensely filled with purpose. And I'm deeply connected to it, exceptionally excited about where these kids will go and what they will do. I think about 20 years from now, we're kids who have been through this program with the best coaches and the best administrators and amazing academic support and, and a, a school that loves them and supports them. Um, exposure to all those new things that we just spoke about that they wouldn't get access to. And, you know, I do, I think about the legacy of 20 years from now or 30 years from now as we build sustainable programming. The, the power in that is maybe what I would say is, is immense. 
Savior, why don't you tell me a few stories about our current um, senior girls basketball team, their successes thus far, and kind of the trajectory on where they're headed. I'm so proud of all of them, is the first place I'd say. First, for their adjustment into a, a much more rigorous academic environment. And I think I go back to the attitude and effort that they've all shown, the support their families have given them, the level of support the school has given them, whether it's been extra help, tutoring, whatever's needed to be able to be successful. And so first and foremost, I'm so deeply proud of that effort that they put into that. That is the, the big picture and the dream is is the learning that comes from that will will be uh, powerful for the rest of their life from a basketball perspective, it gets me really excited. We've got um, eight girls right now on the provincial team for Nova Scotia, which is amazing. We've had two girls be, I'll say, uh, recruited to the Kia Nurse Elite Basketball Program, which is a summer basketball program based in Ontario that's run and overseen by Kia Nurse, who plays in the WNBA. It's a Jordan-sponsored program. They play in, I think, three or four high-level tournaments in the U.S. throughout the summer um, with some of the best players from across the country. We've got a couple of girls that have tried out and made that team, which is you know, um, a huge credit to, to those girls, to our coaching staff, to their families, to all the girls that they practice with as well too. Like we've never had a Nova Scotian as part of those programs. And so now here we are breaking into Ontario, which is I'll say a bit of the, the top basketball province in North America right now in terms of the level of production and players that are coming out of that province and, and going on to I'll say power five division one scholarships and, and opportunities there. So that's amazing. I think for just, just from the basketball side alone, we've got uh, a couple of kids on the boys and girls programs that are getting some national team attention. Uh, which is exciting. We've got one girl invited to a tryout already for a U16 national team. Um, so our, our men's and women's teams in Canada are some of the best in the world. And so we're very fortunate to, to have some supporters at Canada Basketball and people that we look to for guidance and advice when we're building our own programs. Um, that amazing young lady is going to have a great chance to try out and, and make a national team. And, and if she's lucky enough to be able to do that, the trajectory that I'll put her on will be you know completely different than any other kids really that have come out of Nova Scotia in a long, long, long time. So I think we're really, really excited and uh, about that. Proud that she's part of our community. Proud that she's part they of it. They all are. They all, yeah, all, they all are very, and I think that's one thing our, our programs do really well is they celebrate the success of everybody else. And I think that's a really important, I'll say lost value in the world today, where to just genuinely care and celebrate the success of others and not to have to look for your own success all the time is a really powerful part of team sport. And so I really feel that with both of our programs, both boys and girls. Our boys teams, uh, we've got I'd say some of the best grade nines and tens, um, you know, uh, in the province and in Atlantic Canada. We specifically, Megan, went young. Uh, we brought girls and boys into the programs. Um, we are not here to steal from other schools or do any of that. We want to be great partners for the other schools and we want to raise the level, I would say, or help raise the level of the entire province. And so I think by us dialing things up and pushing harder uh, in our practices and how we perform, it innately forces some of the other schools to have to do the same thing, which, which, which raises the level of sport for all of Nova Scotia. And I think we do have a bit of a dream of just providing more and more opportunities to, to all kids uh, from our lovely province. So watching the success of these girls, last year they lost in the city final. Again, you're talking no grade 12s last year, only one grade 12 this year. Um, you know, kids on the team in grade eight playing against grade 12s. So I think the experience that they're able to get by coming to an armbre and being able to play high school basketball when they're still in middle school. It's crazy. It is crazy. What a cool opportunity. It is. It, it, it's unheard, <laughs> it really is. And I think it, it is, it's unheard of in the province. Like last year we had, um, you know, Gabby, who's phenomenal as a grade eight point guard leading us to the city final and helping us place fifth in the entire province as a grade eight kid. And so now I joke all the time, she's in grade nine and a veteran of high school basketball <laughs> in grade nine. And, you know, Bella Ferran who plays for us this year or Elijah Mantley and our boys team, uh, you know, Amari and Dion and Nye and all of these kids who, you know, are grade nines and tens getting real opportunity. And then because we've got great coaches, Jalen Skier and John Trammell, our director of basketball, 
basketball. I mean, these are high, high level coaches who live and breathe the sport, who are doing it all summer for provincial teams, who are connected to programs all across the country and in North America. They're always challenging themselves to learn and grow. We brought in people like Mark Smith, probably the greatest softball player to ever play softball in Canada and the head coach of our women's Olympic softball team that just won a bronze medal in Korea. And so Mark's been coaching Olympic level softball um, for decades. And so he's the director of high performance sport, I believe, also with um, Sports Center Atlantic, I believe, here in Nova Scotia. And so having access to mentorship like Mark, uh, like you talked about Augie earlier, and other people like that to just be around and involved in our program helps our coaches grow and then helps our players grow. Like from their there. network is bigger than they even know. Yes. I yes. think. And we have we have the resources and we have created that um, environment where whatever they are requiring, whether it's um, maybe a mental coach or is it a, it's a physiotherapy or whatever it may be, it's like we have created those networks for the kids that they can pull on whenever they need. I think you hit the, you're bang on. And I think the other big thing for me is going back to what we're talking about, about pushing the level up for the entire province so that kids, not just our kids, but kids from all over get opportunities to be able to play everywhere. And so we're just watching as we look to try to play the best teams in the country and because there's prep leagues and high school leagues and all of the, you know, making sure that we stay within the regulations that we have within Nova Scotia, but pushing as much as we can to say we need to play better competition all the time and we need to play outside of our province all the time to give our kids exposure and opportunities to chase their dreams. And so we're not in the business of holding kids back. We're in the business of, of creating opportunities for kids. And so, you know, the the work of the program, the, the kids that are involved, the families, you know, Steve's leadership as the headmaster has really allowed this to come to fruition much sooner sooner than, than I ever expected. And now it's keeping fuel in the tank, raising the money. Uh, you know, as I look to have these teams travel more and more to other tournaments and, and play other games, we've had teams from Germany interested in coming to our Osprey Classic. And so, you know, figuring out ways to make all of those things work um, so that these kids can just have an amazing experience and their families can all be part of that at home as well, too. Yeah, it's very exciting for everybody involved. And um the future is bright. We're excited, excited to see where this is going to take us. And I think we're doing everything for the kids. We're trying to create an environment for them, um, an environment where they can succeed, where they feel like they belong and setting them on a path for success. So um, thank you for all that you do for the school. And it's exciting to see uh, where we're going to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I'm happy to come back and talk about it then. <laughs> I know you will okay, be. That's great. <laughs> thank you, Megan. Thanks, Xavier. On the next episode, we will be speaking to Sarah Prevett, the founder and CEO of Future Design School. We'll be talking about the development of our strategic plan, what it means to be a future design school, and what our partnership will look like moving forward at Armbray. And remember, be kind, work hard. 